Dear fintech people, welcome back to another episode of The Future Of here at Nordic Fintech Magazine. As you know, the metaverse keeps popping up everywhere we turn our heads to these days. And that's both in a figurative and a literal sense. Admittedly, there is still a lot of confusion about what the whole metaverse thing is and whether it will stick with consumers this time around. A company that is not only betting big on the realization of the metaverse vision, but that is also creating the future infrastructure that will enable companies to build their own metaverses is Danish frontrunner Synergy XR. And today we had the awesome pleasure to sit down with its CEO, Matt Strolsgaard, to talk about what the future of the metaverse might look like. In this interview, we talk about the corporate metaverse, metaverse-specific business models, the untapped use cases for the metaverse in corporate and in consumer environments, and about the areas that Matt is most excited about in relation to this courageous new world of NFTs, avatars, and limitless possibilities. Thank you so much for being here. It's uh, great meeting you, and it's great that you could join us here in Copenhagen. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's, uh, it's great having, having you here. So let's just start with the basics. Tell us about Synergy XR. Uh, what do you do? What's your value proposition? We build a platform that enables companies to easily create their own part of uh, the corporate metaverse. That enables them to fast and easy um, create virtual content for augmented and virtual reality without having to program, without having to worry about all the, um, the, the technical stuff. You can basically drag and drop uh, your uh, 3D models, uh, images, videos, content into a, a secure backend. And from here, you can create your own environments without having to program. And this means a lot to companies. Uh, furthermore, actually, you can also collaborate across borders, country borders, uh, in a full virtual or mixed reality environment and um, save time on traveling, on downtime. Uh, so so you'll basically minimize downtime on employees and you'll minimize your costs on traveling and of course, that will also uh, minimize your use of, uh, of your CO2 e emissions, uh, which of course creates a better environment. Right. Okay, so let me just take a step back because you've mentioned a lot of terminology that perhaps for the, oh, yeah. the layman is, is, is not readily understood. So let's start with, with XR. Yeah. XR stands for extended reality, is that correct? That's correct. Um, so tell so, us, what, what yeah. is extended reality? So extended reality is uh, augmented, virtual and mixed reality combined in one. So we don't have to say augmented, virtual and mixed reality all the time. We basically just use XR uh, to combine it all. Right, okay. And so uh, I think uh, augmented reality, most people are familiar with the... Augmented reality is when you see the reality, the physical world as it is with uh, virtual layers over. Mm -hmm. That's at least how we, we understand augmented reality. But augmented reality is, is also sound. It can also be sound. So once you go maybe in a museum, you experience that. 
you'll trigger some sensors and you'll get some sound of where you are and which, which create a move. That's actually also augmented reality. Okay. But the way we really understand augmented reality is uh, when you get virtual layers over from example your mobile phone of something. Mm. And I think the common sense came from, you know, where people really understood it was with Pokemon Go and IKEA uh, place where you could uh, see furnitures in your own home and stuff like that. So that's augmented reality. When we talk about mixed reality, we um, we are kind of in a deeper layer of augmented reality. We take the physical world into considerations when we place virtual content. So that means that uh, we will uh, understand the room, the room settings, and that makes us enable to place virtual content behind things. So in augmented reality, it will be over things, uh, overlays, you'll just see it overlays and it will kind of lose the illusion. But with mixed reality, we can place content behind this table and I was sitting here, I could not see it, but if I went over here, I could see it. Yes. Okay, so, so Synergy XR that enables content to be created in all of these layers that all, are beyond All these layers, reality. the last layer is of course virtual uh, reality where you are in a full virtual world. Uh, so in there it's, uh, it's a bit uh, more mature, this technology, because we are in full control as developers of this. We are in full control of the virtual world. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so um, now I want to understand from your perspective, mm. um, what made you think years years back? That, look, look at where the industry was going, and look at the technology, and, and made you think that's where I want to be, because that's where the future is going to be. What What was your thinking process that drove you to to get into this industry? Uh, I actually think I remember the day, and that was when I got uh, Oculus, uh, the first developer kit. Then went on Kickstarter. Uh, with this developer kit and we backed them and we got the kits um, in the company they started to ship them out and the first time I was just wearing this I was blown away uh, and I, I expect Mark Zuckerberg had exactly the same thing because two years later he bought them <laughs> for two billion dollars <laughs> but but I was totally amazed and uh, I was traveling around whole of Scandinavia and showing people how awesome this was with my laptop and the virtual reality headsets and trying to explain people that, wow, this is going to be the future. Um, but um, but there's a lot of downsides with the early technology was that you got really sick really fast. Mm. Even, even I did. And I remember one of our developers, he showed me around on this ferry. It was true copy of a ferry. He showed me around with this Xbox controller because that was how you were navigating back then. And which makes you insanely sick. <laughs> and it, even though uh, I was in there for half an hour and walking all over this ferry, there's a true copy of a, a real ferry. And um, I saw every room in there and stuff like that. And he was just really amazed. He was sitting with his laptop and showing me around as well. And I was walking around with, after him. But I got so sick that I had to lay down for two hours <laughs> on a sofa. And I was really feeling bad, <laughs> right. but it got me anyway. Yeah. All right. So uh, I want to go back to another term that you used at the very beginning, mm -hmm. the corporate metaverse. Yes. What's that? The corporate metaverse is what we are building at Synergy. Uh, it's because for over a decade, we've been producing uh, augmented virtual and mixed reality applications for some of the largest brands uh, all over the world. Mm -hmm. 
um, the metaverse, as Mark Zuckerberg and many others describes it, is an open network where we can jump in and out from different um, apps and solutions. Uh, but 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 it's also a very open network, mm -hmm. um, and we don't believe that companies uh, will be that open as the metaverse is starting to be built. We have experienced for the last decade we've been working with these companies that of course they're very focused on security, they're very focused on their own technology and protective around the technologies and knowledge um, and all the confidential material. Mm -hmm. So basically we built a platform where they can create their own part of the corporate metaverse in a secure manner, uh, in uh, with a secure backend that they already, you know, trust where to keep the data on. Um, so basically, we created guard guidelines for companies where they can feel uh, safe by and building up and expanding the corporate metaverse. Naturally, in in, in the longer run, we'll also open more up, so mm -hmm. we have possibilities. To, to join uh, through APIs and stuff like that with other uh, more open sections, but we'll have we'll start with this guard, guarded walls where you are in full control over your data and you can invite people into your metaverse. Right. So, so if I understand correctly, you've taken all the advantages that the technology and the, the, the spatial technology brings, and you've placed it in a secure. Um, environment so that only people within a corporation can access it. That's right. Okay, so then the next question I have is, we've been hearing a lot about the metaverse, especially since Mark Zuckerberg renamed Facebook to Meta and then announced the, the, the metaverse, uh, their plans for the metaverse last year. Um, but why why do we need a metaverse? What's, what's wrong with actual reality? The metaverse comes with, with so many uh, obvious cases that makes uh, the world, the physical world maybe more small, smaller, but the digital world a lot larger in many ways. Uh, we're going from the internet, from 2D mm -hmm. to 3D. So, um, for example, why did Apple add LiDAR sensors in the new mobile phones? So we can scan the real world and get that into the metaverse. Mm -hmm. Once we get a copy of the real world, we can start adding content, virtual content into the real world and make it uh, persistent in that world. Persistent meaning? So it will hang there. We know exactly where you are. So also the devices will know exactly where you are. So it will stick there. It will not jitter, it will not, so the virtual content will stick there. So you can actually add a statue here, uh, a copy of the Eiffel Tower in here and save it into your physical environment. And in six months time, you come back and it will actually be there, still be there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the way we can say things into the physical environment. But, but the metaverse also enables I think the, the, one of the biggest powers of the metaverse is the power of telepresence. So the power of telepresence of humans, mm -hmm. of products and environments. So you don't have to travel or you can instantly, we, we've been 
looking at uh, movies from Hollywood where you get holograms up and talking to you. Even, you know, back in Star Wars, Princess Leia coming up on R2D2. We've been wanting that for so long. Now with these technologies, that is possible. It is possible for you to show up in Shanghai tomorrow at a meeting with other colleagues that is working there. And you can bring your product catalog with you and show them as you are there in real life. And the next meeting you have can be in New York. And you will go there instantly like that. Okay, that's, so this is, this is almost too much to, to process in one go. But as, as, you, as, you, as you're speaking, I, I sort of have a little bit of the deja vu. Nah. So haven't we heard this before in the context of Second Life? Yeah, but Second Life uh, was a bit early out, maybe with the idea um, the technology was not ready. So we needed, we needed headsets like these. We needed virtual reality, uh, and that is, you know, that is something that we've been wanting for for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, we got the Sensorama from from the '60s. It was like a huge box, huge computer where you added your face in, uh, and was looking in, 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 into this uh, screen and got that sense as well. And I think there was wind into it and smell in, in, in Sensorama from the 60s as well. Um, so we've been wanting this for so long, but the technology was simply have not been ready to do it. Today, everything is built into the, uh, this headset, for example. Okay, so we've been hearing about all these experiences that are being built in the metaverse. So there's, there's been concerts, uh, Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber have had concerts in the metaverse. There's been conferences. There's, uh, there's now the ability to chat with the people. What are the use cases that perhaps are not yet mature, but that you can see coming that are going to be really, really transformational? There's so many different use cases. I think the first use cases within the corporate lives, uh, within our work lives will be very focused on, on training and onboarding and knowledge sharing and stuff like that because that's where we have the need right now. Um, due to a global workforce that is work uh, that is really growing inside companies, right? Mm -hmm. So so and working from anywhere due to COVID-19 and stuff like that. So all of these things that is happening, and we also are talking about the silver tsunami, you know, all the older people that is going on pension, mm -hmm. uh, huge generations with key knowledge that's been working in companies for 20, 30 years is now going on pension. So there's huge, huge risk for many companies that they're going to lose a lot of key knowledge. They can digitalize that key knowledge into digital rooms where, it, where you can actually transfer this knowledge a lot faster and easier to global employees instead of you have to fly people in and train them peer-to-peer -peer training while like they're next to each other. You could, you know, that's that's the old way you did it. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to do that anymore. With these technologies, you can just take on the headset and meet with your colleagues in there. You can do recordings, spatial recordings of what you actually do and then play it over and over again uh, until you, you got it. So you don't have downtime on, on on your machinery as well or your, your uh, physical environments uh, because you can actually train 
in your underwear in your apartment, right. basically. Right. And also meet and collaborate and get this knowledge from, from no matter where you are. Okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the financial services industry. Um, we, we, we're seeing a lot of activity taking place in metaverse platforms related to play-to-earn games, related to crypto wallets. What, in your view, would be the biggest opportunities that exist for either financial institutions or for fintech to play within the metaverse? There's, there's a lot going on right now. NFTs, marketplaces, we've seen Nike as well that, you know, produces NFTs of the shoes that they're selling. Um, so the whole, I think the first step, the mini steps for the, for the financial services would be copies of, well, mixed, what do you call it? Banks in, basically, if you think of a bank, uh, when you enter a bank, you used mm -hmm. to, like you've done it the last 200 years, going to a bank and you have a, have a employee here that helps you and guides you with your economy. Basically, I think the first steps will be like copies of, 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 of banks that you can enter virtually mm -hmm. uh, and get, you know, um, guidance and, and, and help for, for, for your um, uh, controlling your, your private economy and stuff like that. But you can also do it very visual here so people understand it a lot better, I think. Uh, so you can sh data visualization is, is super important and there's so much data and so much uh, importance in the financial sector that can be communicated in so many other ways that you understand it a lot better i think mm. um, so that's that's probably the first steps and then i see a whole it, it's gonna grow a lot with the whole also crypto has an, an important part think i think for fast transactions and and also jumping in and out of different places in the metaverse mm -hmm. um stock trading as well okay um i think you know where you get actual insights so companies will also have an interest for inviting investors and uh, traders into the companies and actually show you know Come and see our factory. Uh, how you know? Today you just do it on a website or something like that. You do some research on the companies and stuff like that. Here you actually have the opportunity as a company to invite investors and traders in and and make them show them around in your factory in China and then jump to Mexico where you also have some solutions. Then jump maybe to a on a, on a wind turbine and see how it works. You know out there and stuff like that. So you better get a full understanding a, a and a 360 understanding of a company and you know how big they are and what they do their purpose mm -hmm. uh, in, in in the market i think you know that's going to make a huge difference on the, on the financial sector as well all right we're talking here about the expanding possibilities for business and listening to you speak about this reminded me about how web 2.0 introduced new business models into the market yeah we had the content creation as a, as a, as a new way of monetizing uh, skills and abilities and democratization of of, uh, of a whole bunch of, uh, of, of activities we saw also the emergence of data-based business models yeah. can you can you see new business models emerging from activities within the metaverse Yes, but it's hard to predict, right? We couldn't predict all these things when, yeah. you know, when the internet came out, you know. 
I think it was pretty hard to predict. There was only the obvious ones, right? That, that yeah. really, that, that really came out there. But, but I think it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think there is so much, so much new that's going to come with it, uh, and definitely new business models. Yeah. Uh, I don't hope advertising will be as advertising have <laughs> destroyed. You know. The internet today, mm. in, in so many ways, and so, uh, social media and stuff like that, that would be a terrible mistake. Yeah, I think we'll probably more see advertising as as we did with the movies, uh, as we see with movies today. Actually, product placement. Mm. So mm. in in games or in when you, once you enter this bank, I was mentioned before, you maybe. Mm -hmm. See, it's it's Coca-Cola uh, that is on uh, on on the table over there. It's uh -huh. not a, <laughs> it's not Pepsi. Or right. <laughs> but product placement, also especially in games and stuff like that, instead of banners and uh, commercials all the time that pops up in your head, that would be terrible. I don't really, I don't know. We will go in that direction. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I was recently reading about uh, Polka City. And you can actually buy a Bugatti in Polka City, and you know it makes you think. Well, maybe maybe I want you to buy a Ferrari instead of a Bugatti. Why? Like, true, you pay true. Right? And you can you can see them. You can actually maybe probably test drive it as well yeah. before you actually buy it, right? Uh, <laughs> That's quite something. <laughs> On the moon. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we we, we touched a little bit on social media, and, and as we all know. I mean, social media is great, but it's, it has its had its its, uh, its its negative side, right? Mm -hmm. we, we read a lot about the dependency that it causes on people, the the the, the impact that it has, especially on young on young people of uh, in terms of um, self-esteem. Mm -hmm. um, are you are you concerned about anything that could lead to perhaps social or cultural changes uh, as a result of a broad adoption of? Uh, the metaverse and, and virtual and augmented and extended reality technologies. Of course, there's always downsides with new technology every time, you know. There is a... And there's a huge risk that... that we go... that they will follow different... Um, what do you say? Of course, bad things, right? Um, and concerning social... It will change, I think. Uh, today, it's very, very much uh, on, on videos and stuff like that. But I think we will, we will probably in the metaverse hide more behind avatars, uh, mm -hmm. and we will be able to design our avatars mm -hmm. uh, as we would like, you know. So uh, today, we see it like, like there's a bear and a robot and stuff like that, and crazy stuff. But but soon avatars, you will you can do a 3D scan uh, of your body today and, and use that as an avatar, and that will you know we will be able to dress them, look like whatever you want, uh, and I think we're gonna see this more and more. So people will probably behind you know hide behind these avatars, and I see a lot of positive things about this, but also a lot of negative things about mm. this. Uh, side effects, right? On social media, I think people, we see a lot of people is like bullying people because they feel they're behind, you know. I'm just sitting here with my phone and it's not that bad being a, being an idiot, basically. Mm. Um, maybe we'll see that when they're covering behind avatars as well. Um, 
I think I think uh, of course there will be some some issues concerning this. For us as creators, we will you know also have some tools um, to to try to do it do it do it better or do it more right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there. Pe- there's always evil mm. <laughs> in some people, mm-hmm. uh, and and we will. We I can't imagine what what we will we will see, but I'm I'm sure we will see some stuff. The good thing is that we can track everything, right? Uh, <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it will probably be easier to track everything mm-hmm. uh, in here, uh, in in so many va- ways, because uh, you will have face. Scanners inside the headsets—they—they're mm-hmm. they, coming in the next generation, right? Mm-hmm. So you, of course, and the reason why that because we will want to make avatars more, more human-like. And yeah. once you smile, you'll smile in there. Once you move your mouth, your, your avatar will move your mouth and stuff like that. So, so basically, it will also be more harder to hide, probably, with your your digital footprints, basically. Mm-hmm. And and do you see? Do you see that the broad adoption of the metaverse would be would displace certain activities or would complement some of the activities that we would carry out, social activities? Or as you mentioned, meeting with colleagues remotely. Is is this a replacement, a complement? How how do you that's, that's that? some of the good sides I think we will see. Uh, that is, you know, we'll have a because the global the workforce is being more and more, more global. But in my uh, in my age, uh, I think you know that it's quite strange that my son has friends that he's never met before, in, in you know, in, in, in Fortnite or something like that, right? So I think that generation is used to, you know, connect with friends from all over mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. behind avatars and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't think that that will be so different, and it enables you also to be to create like company culture. Uh, more, uh, you know, than you have today. You have like it's very local cultures that you have in the different uh, departments. It's a lot harder with con- uh, company culture. I think that will be a lot easier um, once you have a, a virtual, a full virtual environment that everybody can join in. So yes, as you say, in the break, uh, you can after you maybe eating your lunch, you can meet with your colleague uh, Pablo in Sao Paulo and and play some table tennis with him, right? And you can do that today, right? <laughs> right, and then jump back and go to work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that is some of the really cool sides. I think that we're gonna get a lot closer to each other, closer to colleagues that you know is at the other end of the world, and a lot more knowledge sharing and and yeah. Mm. Uh, so so that is some of the really cool sides that I like about this. All right. So then, then just just to to finish. What are you most excited about when you look towards the future and a future where the the metaverse and these technologies have, have become mainstream? What excites you about that? The power of telepresence, really. That is that I can go places, travel to endless imaginary worlds as well, and you know, but also you know, in the physical world, be there, see it uh, without you know spending so much time of course i don't think you know it will we as people will also travel travel in the physical world and, mm-hmm. and of course but you know that will be more 
when we're not so much at work. Uh, mm. That's for, for experiencing. And then I hope that we can be more present in the real life, um, real physical life, uh, when, when we are at, at, in there. And, and then in, in, in the virtual world, uh, when you go for the corporate metaverse, at least when you go to, to work, um, then you can solve a lot of different tasks by being there in, in, in another sense. Yeah, that's very interesting, right? Because today we're almost become accustomed to the fact that we're here, but how often are we here? But I'm also yeah, we're here looking at these screens all the time, right? But yeah. it's, it's a lot. I think it's a lot easier to take off the headset and then you're present mm. um, than it is to, to well, it's a decision that you make, right? Mm -hmm. right. But that's also with the headset you have now. Uh, the mm. headsets in the future will also be like a thinner, lighter glasses that you'll probably wear all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, how good will we be to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think there was maybe one topic that should be uh, discussed as well. Mm -hmm. That's the oh. political side of it, you know, where also, you know, restrictions. I actually think restrictions, uh, that it is going so fast with these technologies. Yeah. Politicians only think like four, four years ahead, right? Mm -hmm. Because to the next election. Right. Um, but we really, I think we really need uh, some restrictions, uh, guidelines for, for, for setting up restrictions before companies will, you know, be, be there and take control like we maybe also um, have seen with some of the social media platforms how much power they have. So I think it's going to go, this, the metaverse is going to grow so fast mm -hmm. that they will never know what hit them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, and this is quite interesting, right? Because, because regulation is always a step or two behind innovation, right? It's only until innovation started wrecking havoc that regulation has to come and, um, what I, the sense I get when I when I speak to uh, to people, especially in incumbent industries, mm -hmm. is that there, there, there's 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 a generational divide now on what's happening. Even even the terminology, the lingo. Uh, you know, you talk about oh yeah, Discord. This what? What what, what are you talking about? Like oh well, yeah, this these gaming platforms. Have you? It's it's such a big divide that I I think generationally has never been so wide. Yeah. So you're right. How how do they? Come to how how can they regulate something that they probably won't be able to understand for another ten years, right? Maybe the people who understand it are, are young people that are not yet in positions of of regulatory power. That's a that's an interesting question, but I think it needs to get up there and and, and it needs to be on the agenda mm. on how how should we attack this? Yeah. With uh, GDPR, uh, you know, these kind of regulations, I think it's super important that they mm. come and it should just be easier to to, to navigate under these uh, yeah. uh, these regulations. Um, yeah. But I think it's super, super important that this, the metaverse gets on a topic on the political agenda. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Well, definitely a very exciting future to look forward to, mm -hmm. perhaps with, with some caution as well. But uh, of course. thank you so much for, for coming and speaking to us. It's been really fascinating listening to you. And, uh, and I've, at least uh, I'm sure people here in the room feel the same, the same way. I think you've, you've, you've got us really excited about, about the possibility of what's coming. So we appreciate that very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah.